0: right before you start
1: no no I was thinking to all the juggalos and juggalettes out there it's your favorite podcast friends talking nerdy this is Tim Gelsma
0: okay um what (laughs) (laughs) juggalos and juggalettes I didn't realize we were popular with that uh demographic but I'm Kim and I'm Kim the Geek on Twitter
1: we gotta be popular with somebody
0: right we're popular with ourselves i guess
1: there you go can't go wrong with that we're probably
0: the top number one podcast among our family and friends
1: yeah (laughs) no it's probably joe rogan he he made an exclusive deal with spotify
0: yeah i heard about that
1: that is insane podcasts are going corporate folks
0: Yeah, it had to happen at some point.
1: Yeah. Uh, Before we begin the show proper, there is one bit of wrestling news, but this is kind of sad. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, About a decade or so ago, there was a tag team in the WWE that was there for about a couple of years at most. They didn't really make many ripples, but the um, team was called Crime Time. And one of the members on that team was a gentleman by the name of Shat Gaspard. Um, and, you know, after leaving the WWE, he worked on The Independence, but also did some movie work. Uh, in fact, his last movie was being the last person at Harley Quinn kicked, you know, in the face in the movie Birds of Prey.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So he was in that. But um, earlier this week, um, he was swimming with his son off the beach of Venice, California. Venice Beach, California. There were strong undercurrents that pulled him. Away, just as rescuers came up to rescue him, he told them to get his son first, which they did. His son is fine. He unfortunately was dragged away and drowned.
0: Oh, and away. that's a shame.
1: That is a shame. But I, I mean, I did want to bring it up. I mean, wrestling has a lot of negative stigmas, and if you've watched any episode of Dark Side of the Ring, or even know a cursory knowledge of um, the history of professional wrestling in this country, a lot of it is well earned, um, but there is good that comes out of wrestling as well and you know somebody that you know put his life you know over his over his kid yeah you know I mean you would hope most parents would do that of I'm course I'm pretty
0: sure most parents would
1: most would but but still just if you're gonna go out like go out like a hero so definitely definitely uh send thoughts in everything to his family I'm, I'm sure they listen to us every week <laughs> <You know? laughs> i don't know probably
0: not but it that is terrible it is it's a tragedy so yeah i'm very sorry to his family for their loss yeah um anyway let's segue
1: into the show proper here we have had an update on a previous topic we've talked about oh really yeah um more the pepsi coming back up um (laughs) i'm gassy today just so gassy I just don't know where it's coming from. Coming Um, from
0: the bottle of Pepsi, you shouldn't drink. Did you see me drinking soda right before the show? No, because I know, I know myself. If I'm drinking soda for the next hour, I'm going to be burping on and off.
1: Yeah, and
0: my coworkers just love it.
1: (laughs) It's entertaining for somebody, I guess. I don't know, but um, anyway. Earlier this week, uh, Zack Snyder put a uh, word out uh, for people to um, watch a watch-along that he was going to be participating in for his movie Man of Steel, uh, which was his initial entry into the uh, DC uh, Cinematic Universe. Um, he ended up going on to make Batman v Superman, as well as starting justice league uh the much maligned movie that came out in theaters i believe in 2016 um and what happened at that watch along at the end of the man of steel uh watch along he announced that hbo max has made a deal with him to come back to the warner brothers fold to essentially complete his version of the justice league movie okay yes
0: honestly I don't really care. <laughs> well... I mean, I know there's some fanboys out there probably shitting their pants, just like, with excitement, just super thrilled about blah, blah, blah. But you know what? That movie was just junk, and I don't know if a Zack Snyder cut can make it any better.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I mean, I've I've made it clear um, that, you know, his take on the DC characters I just did not like. Um, that does not mean every decision he made in that franchise was bad. I mean, casting, you know. The great... casting was great. Yeah, I mean, the casting, you know, was definitely uh, there's great. There's
0: no faults with the casting. But it's just, it was just so.
1: You don't want an Ayn Rand, you know, Ayn Rand and Superman don't mix.
0: Yeah, yeah, they don't. I mean, because Superman is all about being selfless and for the greater good. And Ayn Rand, there was a selfish their, bitch. Yeah, her philosophies were really about. Being out for number one, and while I can respect that, you do have to take care of yourself. But you know, if we're gonna get really out there with this, our country wouldn't be in the state it is if we had more people following the Superman ideology rather than the Ayn Rand ideology.
1: Like that idiot. I, I t- I... I, I think we talked about it. The old lady, um, the video I saw on Twitter of the old lady who oh. refused to sign a cop's like eighty dollar ticket for a busted taillight that yeah, she admitted yeah. to so the Yeah, So then
0: she like freaks out and
1: drives him drives on a high speed chase. On a high
0: speed chase, then gets pulled out of the car, tackled to the ground, and tasered. And if she had just acted with respect, but she was just like, oh no. You can't do this to me. No, I refuse this. And it's like, they're giving you a ticket. You can't refuse a ticket.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, you get the ticket, just take the ticket. Go on with life. If you want to fight it, that's what you go to court for. That's a whole law and order kind of thing.
1: Yeah, be pissed. Take the ticket. Drive away. Don't give the cop the finger. (laughs) Yeah, don't give the cop the finger.
0: Don't argue with the cop. Call him names. Spit at him. Yeah, that lady... I mean, we talked about this. That lady would be dead if she had been black or any other color than white.
1: Yep. But, anyway. Speak- I know. Speaking of Superman.
0: <laughs> speaking of Superman, you know, if she'd been more like Superman and just been like, well, you know, I screwed up. da da, da take the ticket. Yeah. It was obvious. I saw pictures of the car afterwards, too. It had been obvious she'd been in a car accident. She probably shouldn't have been driving that truck around anyway.
1: This is America. I got rats. I got I mean, rats
0: if it had just happened and she was like trying to drive the truck home you know you go to court and you say hey here's what happened and they'd probably be like oh, okay no problem knock the ticket off
1: uh, yeah I mean it's it's it, it, we're but, talking yeah. we're talking 80 bucks here yeah. I mean for, for what that lady did I mean yeah they're i mean like if you were late paying that ticket you know you're not getting dragged to jail for that i mean they may add some interest on it or something like that no. but it i mean that woman is going to spend some time behind bars
0: oh yeah definitely i mean they showed her like mugshots and, and stuff and
1: good right? good i mean the, the you know she it should is, she should um another thing that, before we get back on topic here another thing that <laughs> did kind of piss me off is that the the twitter post in question where i saw that video ended up calling that purse that woman Karen.
0: Oh no, she wasn't a Karen.
1: I, there's I mean we have a mutual friend Karen. Yes, we do. That is not poor that stereotype Karen. at all. And, and
0: poor Karen, she is just hating this whole Karen trend. I mean, cause like the one
1: time on, uh, I'd left like a Facebook, uh, mess message or something like that. And then she responded and then I responded back with a gif that just said, well, Karen, without realizing that with everything (laughs) going on, you know, she, it may not be the best thing to do. Well, hopefully this
0: Karen thing will pass and it'll be like, like my sister Katrina, when Hurricane Katrina happened, Mm -hmm. she got so much crap. Mm -hmm. She was in school, high school or middle school at the time. Just so many Katrina jokes, and she was just like, "Why did you name me Katrina?"
1: <laughs> because we knew there would be a hurricane that would come at this particular time in
0: history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were gonna get you left anyway. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, back to Superman.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, Zack Snyder again. His take on the films I didn't like. Um, you know, so I have no plans on watching um, the the Justice League cut, but. I will say this. There are people that enjoyed his take on -hmm. the films. There are people that are film buffs and are fascinated by the history of this because, um, you know, whether you like Zack Snyder's take on those films or not, you know, as I said before, if Warner Brothers really hadn't once tried to speed up production on this, didn't kind of postpone things to make sure they had the right story and the right group of people and all that. I mean, Warner Brothers is, is... who the fans should be directing their anger at here not Zack Snyder not that people that don't like Zack Snyder movies not at Joss Whedon because Joss Whedon was hired to do a job and he did it as best he could results weren't good but I don't think Steven Spielberg could have made you know chicken salad out of chicken shit yeah um you know so uh, if for for people like that i'm actually kind of I'm, I'm i'm happy for them because you know they get a fascinating piece of movie history to kind of look back on a different take on the justice league and hey if it it you know it it makes more people kind of appreciate his work great um but again going back to the warner brothers angle People need to be angry at Warner Brothers here because guess where this is debuting? HBO Max. Who owns HBO Max? Warner Brothers. What company made Justice League? (laughs) Excuse, that was the Pepsi. Um, (laughs) Warner Brothers. Um, Besides
0: the fact, fans, there's always going to be someone who's not happy. Yeah. I mean, today I was watching a stream on Twitch of um, Bethesda Games they've they're the ones who've made fallout and elder scrolls online and numerous other games that people love so i'm watching their stream they're doing an unboxing of the collector's edition of the new expansion pack that's coming out next week for elder scrolls online Mm -hmm. and rather than being excited in the you know the chat's going by on one side then you've got the the four basically four different people on a zoom call from their homes you know you've got these different like the community manager and the art director and the lore master and another community manager all talking about okay we got this great thing coming out and then you've got in the chat you see a lot of people who are like oh i'm so excited i'm so excited i can't wait to see this oh my gosh and then you've got a couple of people are like why are the battlegrounds so broken why won't you do this why is there so much lag and blah 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 and i'm just like can't you be excited about the new i mean it's like yeah they got other issues but why are you i don't understand why people play elder scrolls online if they want to do like player versus player nothing but that it's not a game that's really designed for it's designed for exploring and anyway there's a lot of different aspects to it but yeah it just just what you're saying about like fans like never being happy it's just totally reminded me of the experience i had today and i was just like i was just like Okay, this is cool. I'm because I'm not getting a physical collector's edition. It's cool to see what they're getting with it. That's a neat. That's a neat action figure, you know that sort of thing. And then they they gave away some prizes too. And I'm like, okay, well that was cool. And everybody, and then just losing people. Why is there so much lag? Like, and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, because you're living in the middle of nowhere and you have shitty internet. That's why.
1: Yeah, you're in Nebraska and got a 56k modem. So when. <laughs> Yeah. yeah you know yeah i mean you're using what like satellite for broadband gaming pal calm down
0: yeah yeah i mean that's the thing is as much as i like like the country and stuff yeah i'll never live out in the country because i won't be able to get decent internet Which <laughs> Where, is... wherever i live i have to have decent internet
1: <laughs> which is a shame because we have the ability to do that. I know and we've Many got times, oh. and
0: we've got like the the money's there because apparently we can bail out every corporation in America and we've got a lot of people out of work right now. Why can't we work on our infrastructure and things like that?
1: No, that that you know Jeff Bezos needs a new platinum swimming pool, remember that. You know, uh, we got to sacrifice to make sure he he gets he gets some
0: money. Jeff Bezos should like just take a billion of his dollars
1: and shove it up his ass.
0: Well, (laughs) that would be painful. Um, no, I'm just thinking like if he just took like a, just a fraction of what he makes and he has, and just like puts it into something that's going to benefit him too. Like say internet infrastructure nationwide, that's going to benefit him. People are going to use that internet to order things from Amazon it would
1: i mean i know google is uh, has been working on um you know internet a service like that that in certain mm-hmm. areas of the country they are actively testing out yeah um so you know who knows about that but just uh anyway back to superman you yeah, back to superman <laughs> um, <laughs> um So, yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, I mean, I I think back to when, you know, the news of Zack Snyder dropping out of uh, the Justice League first hit, and I wrote that article for uh, Latin Review Media, which resulted in some death threats (laughs) levied against me. Um, You know, for those people, I hope they they can, you know, to quote Ice-T, they should eat a bag of dicks. (laughs) Um, No,
0: dicks are too good for them. I should just eat a bag of shit.
1: There you go. Have it come out like have 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 somebody standing over them like you know with like those frosting cake frosting things. Oh like god! In a yeah, bed, spread that's gross. Like...
0: <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. I'm never going to be able to eat a cupcake again. <laughs> and uh. there's some corn. No. <laughs> oh. get your vegetables now. <laughs> This
1: doesn't ingest properly.
0: Um. <laughs> Why don't we beat him around the, the head and neck with, like, a big bag full of corn cobs? That'd hurt.
1: That's a little vicious. I mean, that reminds me of uh, that scene from full Well, they're Metal.
0: threatening to kill you, so I think beating them with corn cobs is, like the lesser of two evils no
1: i'm i'm more of a passive aggressive t- type of guy well yeah i know that but <laughs> yeah.
0: i'm more of a like tell it to your face or silently i either silently seethe or i just flat up tell you to your face fuck i don't, you, I, don't, I, don't you, I don't really have you. a middle ground yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: anyway um for back to superman back to superman again um yeah these i mean for the folks that do enjoy Zack snyder's movies or the folks that are just plainly curious about this enjoy it i mean yeah i mean why not because at the end of the day too um an artist whether i like the work or not that was hindered at being able to do the job to the best of his ability is getting a chance to do a makeover have a mulligan be able to fix what you know you know fix the mess that's there and um, in life
0: you don't get very many of those so
1: you don't so uh, that should be applauded as well so at the end of the day fuck warner brothers because <laughs> this is a a situation of their own own creation um and they are they have found a way to profit off of it and the people that have been upset over these past few years will gladly hand over every dollar they can to have hbo max in their home so they can watch this movie mm-hmm. you know so the corporate overlords win again over to you
0: okay well I'm going to talk about something a little bit more I, I wouldn't say serious because it's entertainment based Because, but it's books I read I read a lot mm-hmm. and um, one of the authors that I like I mentioned back in February when we were talking about Black History Month and I was talking about um, uh, creators of color that I enjoyed and the author is Colson Whitehead and he wrote a book called The Nickel Boys, which won the Pulitzer Prize in May. Hooray. The beginning of this month, they had the Pulitzer Prize um, announcements, and he won the Pulitzer Prize. It's his second Pulitzer Prize. He won this first one for the Underground Railroad. So Nickel Boys is sort of based on a true story of reform school in Florida in the 50s and 60s that was basically designed for unruly black kids whether they're unruly because they're actually criminals or unruly because of their skin color. they're standing up for themselves yeah, yeah. And,
1: and by uh, by skin color i want to make it clear that people's perception of them because of their skin color yeah that's what i meant by that
0: yeah exactly so i'm super happy for him that he's won two pulitzer prizes and both of those books are amazing and if you can you should read them and so I'm excited to tell you that they were having a sale on Amazon, where if you like, you know, we just slammed Amazon, and I'm still like, well, oh, I buy I read on my Kindle.
1: Fuck Jeff Bezos, I'm going to Amazon to buy me this book now. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Go read me <laughs> pretty, some Washington Post.
0: Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. You've just described my Thursday. Um,
1: Fuck you, Mr. Bezos. Now I'm going to read a book on my Kindle. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, I'm super excited that I'm going to be soon starting a new book. But the thing is, it's about a zombie apocalypse in New York City. And I don't know if it's going to be a little too close to home, being that... New York City is one of the hardest hit areas for the coronavirus.
1: But the coronavirus doesn't turn people into zombies
0: yet. <laughs> yet, <laughs> you never know. No. It could be starting with the coronavirus, and then it mutates, and it mutates again. Yeah, and then, and then it goes back got... into time and creates Trump
1: supporter. Yeah, <laughs> then we've got
0: vampires and zombies and werewolves ruling the world. Oh my! Oh my! Vampires and werewolves and zombies. Oh my! that'll be on HBO Max that will be no kidding that stuff sells that shit sells anyhow if you do like to read on the Kindle they're doing a thing now if you buy like 20 bucks 20 bucks worth of Kindle books you get 5 bucks a credit it's a Memorial Day sale thing boom boom so I did that because I it's not like I don't have enough books to read (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, DC Universe actually has a uh, decent rewards program that they've uh, instituted. Oh. Yeah, and um, it's really easy to rack up points and um, it, th- to redeem them. Um, like, for one, for, for instance, um, one of their things that you can redeem for only 400 points is a free month of the DC Universe app. Oh. The very first day I <laughs> started using the rewards program, I got 265 points.
0: By what? within an hour by doing what
1: um you know reading comics um some of them would be longer but if you watch uh some of the tv shows or uh, movies but anything you do on that app can get you points they do cap it off at 265 and then you have to wait a week to start ac- uh, accumulating points again but it is nice to have a service like that that is rewarding people that are actually using it
0: yeah it's nice when the points programs are actually useful And you don't have to spend like a ton of money to get points.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Marvel uh, has one called Marvel Insider, and um, they. It's the same type of concept, you know, do this, do that, you get points, but you gotta get 75,000 points to get a month of Marvel Unlimited. 75,000? 75,000, and like you're lucky if uh, some of the activities will give you 1,000 points. So it takes a long time to build it up. So. DC, they've been kind of knocking it out of the park with uh, their DC Universe. Well, out.
0: maybe they actually listen to some of the people who are well, making I mean, suggestions. They
1: have a comparable comic size going through the entire history of DC Comics um, for, for stuff to read, uh, for the, t- on, on the uh, video side of things, classic cartoons. Um, the new Stargirl uh, show that's on the CW debuts the next day on DC Universe. Oh. The one with Luke Wilson, who, uh, p- p- you know, played Star Man's sidekick, but then um, he marries a woman later, and then that woman's daughter, his step- stepdaughter, <clears throat> becomes Star Girl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's based on one of their older properties, the Justice Society of America, the group that came before the Justice League. Um, so, but So
0: convoluted. I can't keep track of all that sort of stuff. But then again, Yeah. Most like lore and backstory for most like universes can be very convoluted
1: and especially with comic books there is no there's never going to be a definitive start here end here type of thing yeah it's constantly evolving things are changing what was once canon you know one year is not canon the next um it's it's at the board of the you know group of editors that that you know run each company for for the main stories for the main characters we all know and love for the indie comics it's you know creator based at that point depending on where they're at but anyway past few weeks we've had a rather wonderful segment and i think uh, you know for the foreseeable future we're going to find a way to keep this going okay uh anyway we can but we've been talking about our top five favorites and what we've been doing the past few weeks is going by year. So, um, our, our focus now is on television shows. Last week we did our top five favorite shows from the year we are 20. Now, we're going to talk about when we were 30. What year was that for you?
0: 2003.
1: 2006 for me. So, like we've been doing, start off, state your choice, and then uh, we'll discuss it and then go back and forth from there.
0: Okay. Uh, 2003. Um. I- I had a hard time with two thousand three. There wasn't a lot of shows on that I really liked, but I found five. So yay! Um, <laughs> uh, Arrested right. Arrested Development. Never saw it. You never watched Arrested Development? It wasn't. It has it has its moments. Um, the original series I think is funnier than the Netflix reboot, but both are amusing.
1: I, I mean, there was one thing that I I, I I guess I found out that they that they did that I thought was pretty funny. I guess um i guess in like either three different episodes or three different seasons they had like a character say beetlejuice in like three separate seasons and then the third time a character said that in the background you could see beetlejuice walk by
0: i don't remember that yeah i'll have to have to check that out
1: but yeah that was the first big um the first real big break that uh jason bateman had since the valerie harper show from yeah, the 80s. since he was
0: a kid basically yeah yeah and I mean, he's done he's actually done a lot with that break he's gone on and done a lot of stuff
1: he's th- his work as an actor has really surprised me because yeah, yeah when he was a snotty punk kid back in the 80s <laughs> i fucking hated him <laughs> you know yeah i mean just like I, you know i mean his sister was okay but you know he just looked like a snotty little bitch he did. Like, you just wanted to, you just, ha, I'm Jason Bateman, and they just want to slap him in the face, like, fuck you! Well,
0: that was the kind of character he played.
1: Okay, That was him in real life. Fuck him.
0: <laughs> okay. I
1: don't know. <laughs> anyway. What was your choice? Alright, my first choice. Um, it uh, two, it was still in the year in 2006, in first run, so i put it on my list here. That is the show called 24.
0: Uh, you know... I just have not been able to get into 24. A lot of people I know are like, this show's the best thing ever. And I'm just like, eh. I've I've watched a couple episodes and I'm just like, eh.
1: I mean, it was really the first show that was saved because of DVDs. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. like the first season was not highly, you know, was not highly ranked at all. But uh, once they put season one out on DVD, a lot of people bought it, myself included. They were able to sit at home and spend a weekend going through and watching the entire thing, and then, you know, they wanted more from there. This
0: is like the first show that's really meant to be bingeable.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 you got to think of each season of Twenty Four like a Tom Clancy book. Mm. you know it's a book each each hour is just a chapter in the story
0: that just seems really just the concept i mean the concept is kind of cool but at the same time sounds very tedious
1: it all boils down to really the characters if you're not buying the characters if you're not invested in the characters uh from the first moment you see them um within five minutes then, you know, it doesn't matter what type of format they have for the show, you know, you're not going to care for it, you know? And and I think that's what, you know, kept 24 on the air for as long as it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the first first season with the first episode was... Um, I thought one of one of my favorite, absolute favorite um, series pilots ever, because um, it set up the story so well, and you know it just kept you interested. And the great thing about Twenty Four, when they were firing on all cylinders, is how they were able to, um, you know, keep that cliffhanger aspect going each and every week. You know, then, dun-dun, dun-dun, you know, and, just, and 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 that show too ended up uh, in, in inspiring the format of my first book. Um, you mm. know my first book um, time to play the game Um, each chapter is an hour in the day you know done over uh, a 24 hour period so um one of my favorite shows thought i put it on the list what do you have next
0: i have ncis it's uh, some people are really into the show and i have actually watched most of the seasons through the years i enjoy it and it's still on the air Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i like it because it's 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 very like America in a way because NCIS is the Naval something Investigated Investigative Services. It's basically Navy cops.
1: Navy cops. Navy
0: cops. So they um, investigate anything that bad that happens to anyone who's in the Navy or the Marines.
1: Well, it's uh, kind of like I mentioned with Law and Order. I mean, you know, there are you know some minor stories that carry over episode from episode, mm-hmm. but it's one of those essentially classic type of shows that anybody can just pop on dive into without, you know, to your point with 24, yeah. not have to know an entire character's backstory to get what's going on.
0: That's true. And what's cool about NCIS too, is the, there's, um, some very strong female characters that have been on the show. Very strong, very smart. Um, which I really like that the, the, the female characters are very well, uh, well-rounded out. And I like
1: that too. No, that's
0: okay. <laughs> it. <sighs> oh, <Ada. laughs> no, I, I, I like it for that for those reasons. So good, good female character writing, and um, every episode's a little different, and there's a mystery to solve. And I like that sort of stuff.
1: Nice. All right, my next one. Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> okay
1: love the show um you know i saw it as a kid as a kid i you know that was also during the time when star trek the next generation was around so seeing you know old you know classic doctor who episodes compared to what star trek was able to do mm-hmm. You know, I was a kid, I was going to love Star Trek, but you know, but I still grew up very much aware of the Doctor Who universe, who the good guys were, who the bad guys were, type of deal. So when I found out the show is coming back on the air, I was skeptical because I thought it would just be more of the same, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, th-
0: that sounds like a lot of people were very skeptical about Next Generation for that reason, too. They were just like, is this going to be more of the Shatner kind of exactly. acting school? Is it going to be more goofy or is it going to be serious and everybody was just blown away i think by next generation
1: well the beauty of doctor who what um the first showrunner uh for when it came back in 2005 was a gentleman by the name of russell t davies oh
0: he is a genius
1: yeah he created the
0: friggin genius
1: he created the british version of uh, Queer's folk the one that the american Mm -hmm. version was based on um you he only did four seasons of doctor who 2006 was the second season uh that that he was involved in but he was able to he had the right focus when when he was running the show in in that the main character was the doctor's companion Mm -hmm. not the doctor because that allowed the audience to be able to get acclimated to everything um much easier
0: and it's it's much easier to identify with like a normal human than with an alien, right?
1: Yeah, and you know the the thing with the Doctor, um, you know, going all back to going back to the very first uh, incarnation of the Doctor, is that that character is quirky. He's unique. Sometimes he can be somewhat normal, like the Fifth Doctor would probably, and the Fifth Doctor is probably the closest the character has gotten to. Or maybe the eighth doctor as well, but but just some sense of like a no- what you would expect from a normal okay, person. So who
0: played the fifth doctor and the eighth doctor? Because most of us were just like, eh. <laughs> so who um, was the fifth doctor? Peter
1: Davison. and okay. Paul McGann was the eighth doctor. Okay. Um, Paul McGann officially only played the Doctor once. Um, there was in 1996 they attempted to bring the show back. Um, the BBC had a co-production with Fox. And the movie was released as a TV movie on the Fox Network, um, and Eric Roberts played the Master. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, but I was I was surprised at how well that show was. Um, you know, the special effects are, are TV special effects, so you know you you do got to let some of that slide. But, yeah. But just you know, from from day one, since the show came back, they they've done a brilliant job of. You know, making, long, uh, making it a satisfying watch for long-term fans while not making it an overwhelming chore for new fans. New people can dive in to pretty much any episode. I would recommend starting off with a new Doctor and then going from there. But, you know, it's a great show.
0: All right. Next one. Mythbusters. All right. I like this show. Um, I haven't watched it in a while. I think it's off the air now. But, uh,
1: well, there are different versions. I mean, the yeah. hosts are doing similar types of shows. With yeah, yeah. Just,
0: I mean, the concept is basically these two guys who are into science, and they come up, they, they take some kind of myth, and then they they bust it, basically. And it just can be, like, things like... So
1: that's what Mythbusters yeah, means. <laughs>
0: yeah, Just, you know, things about, like, like, say, a bullet can't do this, or... Um, you know if you put this in front of a train it'll stop it or just things like that just random weird things that involve like physics and explosions and stuff
1: I remember one they did was um, the the experiment was shooting a gun into the air to see that if the bullet once it landed back on the ground could actually hurt you
0: yeah they, they've done what things with like um, like like stunts in kung-fu movies can you like catch a sword between your two hands like clapping your hands together and catch a sword and stop it from hitting you and i'm just like uh how are they gonna reproduce that and they, they they use a lot of uh ballistic jelly which is oh
1: that that reminds me of the show that used to be on spike tv called the deadliest warrior yeah
0: yeah it's similar to that sort of stuff yeah. and,
1: and for folks that haven't seen that show it's amazing they take like um like warriors from different cultures and then based on computer science kind of put together which warrior would end up um you know kicking mm-hmm. ass the most you know like ninjas versus the yakuza yeah or yeah like and that. then
0: there's this other show on history network called top shots where they like they take like all these different historical guns out and fire them and they have a, it's a competition show mm-hmm. with all these people who are gun experts of some sort <laughs> and it Oh God. I love that show too. That shows like fun. Right. They come up with all these really weird scenarios and okay, now you have to fire it through there and to get it to there, to get it to there and you're just like, What? And you have to use a Gatling gun. What? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yep. <you> <laughs> just one of those where you turn the crank and it, it's a machine gun. That's yeah. a hand crank machine gun if you don't know Dance what a Gatling boy, gun is. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> what was your next choice
1: my next one um was a show that around this time was actually brought back on the air i believe for the second time family guy
0: God. overrated
1: i wouldn't go that far what i would say is this i think they hit their prime between years seven and nine I think the show has gone on for far too long kind of like a kind of like Stephen King books you've got some <laughs> absolute legends classics amongst all the chaff
0: yeah yeah the thing is with Stephen King is that his books will sell a lot no matter what look and... at Family Guy
1: they're a multi-million dollar franchise yeah,
0: and so therefore uh, Stephen King his editors don't really edit him very well they're just like, it's gonna sell. She's so get it out the door. That's his grocery
1: list in there. I don't
0: give a fuck. Put it in. Yeah, people will think it's
1: a clue, but <laughs> the, the, just uh, everything that shows done. Like, my absolute favorite um, was the I Love Jesus episode <laughs> um, that was the introduction to Surfing Bird.
0: Yeah, I, not... I mean, I know what Surfing Bird was, and.
1: Well, Peter... I just...
0: It's just Family Guy just... I don't know. It it hits a level in my brain where I'm like, I don't want to watch this because it makes me feel stupid. (sighs) I mean, there's parts of it that are funny in small doses I can take it in small doses I can't watch more than maybe one episode at a time and then I'm just like no what did I just do why did I lose 20 minutes of my life
1: yeah and to be clear I am not implying it's high art at all it is a a distraction it is mindless entertainment but you quoted an awful lot it's funny (laughs) I'll quote it all I want okay then yeah what's your next one
0: Reno nine one one. If we're gonna talk about stupid shit, oh. Reno nine one one. And you want a
1: badmouth Family Guy?
0: Reno nine one one is garbage. Physical weird comedy <laughs> at its best. It introduced us to few people that nobody had heard of before, and I don't know. I the thing is, is I like Reno nine one one a lot more than I like Family Guy. But um, it, okay. in small doses I can't watch more than a couple episodes Before I'm just like Ugh, Why don't I just watch But yeah It's I like, like reno he- Ni- eating 1. a handful
1: of sugar Because
0: it's like, <laughs> like Reno 911 is basically like A parody of Cops And I find Cops kind of amusing at times To begin with
1: Oh Cops has it's own channel on Pluto TV now
0: oh, All Cops
1: all the time
0: Oh you shouldn't have told me that <laughs>
1: at RuPaul's Drag Race channel A Cops channel
0: I'll just never leave the house ever again.
1: <laughs> All it's right. Your
0: next choice.
1: We are staying with Comedy Central here. Chappelle's Show.
0: Yeah, it's another show I've never seen. Really, never really watched Chappelle Show. It is I didn't have the, cable when it was out.
1: The first two seasons are are the greatest sketch com. It's the greatest sketch comedy comedy show ever made. Period.
0: Y- you know you've said that, but I just still haven't just watched it. I'm just like okay i i got other things to do
1: (laughs) there was
0: i got other crap to watch (laughs)
1: well i mean i was going to talk about the the last big sketch on the first episode but it's probably best if i don't do that and folks that know what i'm talking about know why okay um but you know for the show the highlight for me has always been charlie murphy's true hollywood stories you know
0: oh yeah, with, yeah
1: yeah i mean he talks about um like one is about how
0: with the pancakes
1: yeah him and his brother were invited to prince's house and then prince challenged them um to a basketball game and then you know the blouses versus the you know bitches or something like that and then prince and his crew ended up winning without breaking a sweat and then you know here's some pancakes bitches <laughs> um but but most of all um was was his retelling of his friendship with rick james Mm -hmm. and dave chappelle playing rick james i i can watch that today and just have trouble breathing from laughing so hard (laughs) it's a celebration bitches you know what do the five fingers say to the face slap
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) all right my my last choice on the list because we were supposed to pick five um, it's a show that was on TLC called What Not to Wear with uh, Clinton and Stacy, and basically they find somebody somebody gets nominated by their family or friends because they just can't dress themselves at all for whatever reason. And so then they whisk them off to New York with their clothes. They go through their clothing that they currently have and tell them exactly why it's crap and at the end of the at the end of the first part of the show they have a garbage can full of clothes and then the hosts are like here's five thousand dollars on a visa gift card now go shopping and they try to send the person off on their own to like figure out what's better for them to be wearing and of course they fail miserably and then clinton and kelly show up on the second day of shopping to take them shopping and they go on a whirlwind tour of new york Shopping, shopping, shopping. Oh, and then they get a makeover. Ooh. And they get their hair done, their oh done and their makeup done. Or if they're a guy, they get like skincare tips, they shaving get tips. They a pedicure. Sure, pedicure, manicure, whatever. All this stuff. And then they, and they have an after moment. And then they go back to the person's hometown and have a big after moment. And everybody's happy and smiling. And yeah, it's... It's just a typical makeover show, and I res- I liked it because of the fact that they weren't just making them over for, like, one day. They were, like, setting them up with a wardrobe so they could succeed ongoing. It's an ongoing process, more than just, like, a, here's one outfit and a new hairstyle. Boom.
1: Okay, La Ronda.
0: <laughs>
1: anyway. All right, my last one. Another Comedy Central show.
0: Okay. The Daily
1: Show with Jon Stewart.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, you can't go wrong with The Daily Show. Yeah, I mean... And it's good now, too, even with uh, with Trevor Noah.
1: I haven't seen it much with him. I don't care for his delivery more than anything. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, how a comedian says a joke is just as important as the joke itself, and, yeah. you know, I uh, just... Uh, I don't think he's the best comedian in the world, um, no, but... he's
0: not the best comedian in the world, but I like him. He's, um, very, he's got a very earnest delivery. And some, some people I don't think like that. Me, I'm kind of like... I, I, I like it. I I, li- I'm going like to put it like this.
1: this. I compare him to Coke. I'm a Pepsi person. I would compare him to Coke if there is only Coke in the room. Then I'm gonna drink Coke. I'm gonna enjoy Coke. If The Daily Show with Trevor Noah is on the air, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna enjoy it, but I'm not seeking it out. That's where I really stand with that.
0: Okay, him. yeah, I can see that. Yeah,
1: um, with Jon Stewart though, just it's one thing I really miss about his show more than anything is that how he kept both Democrat and Republicans feet to the fire, and you know would yeah. often you know invite on conservative guests and you know treat them with absolute respect. You know challenge him. But mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, they knew coming in that you know they weren't going to get softball questions. But yeah. you know, always with respect, and you know, in these days and times, from people in the entertainment business, entertainment slash news business, um, because as, for as much as they talk about the Daily Show being a comedy show, people get their news from there just as much as they get it from like a handy source. You know, yeah. Um, we need some. We need some people that are willing to. You know have an open air a legitimate open airing of all sides and not the you know you know the you know i'm just gonna say the opposite thing but demand to be heard you know anyway next week
0: next week
1: we will be discussing our top five favorite shows from when we were 40 and that will definitely put us into the netflix era
0: yeah yeah that does doesn't it
1: Yep, so we can definitely uh, choose uh, some shows from Netflix. I think Amazon Prime may have had some shows. Uh, Maybe for me, they probably had some shows. Probably more for
0: you than for me, but uh, yeah. yeah.
1: But we'll be able to uh, go on from there. But now, we are talking about
0: our... Album
1: of the Week. And for folks at home, tell them what we are discussing this week.
0: We are discussing my choice... The album is "Exile in Guyville" by Liz Fair.
1: Why'd you choose this one?
0: Well, um, I was introduced to this by my ex-husband. I hadn't really been a Liz Fair fan, and I was just kind of like, we were like, it was, it was early in our relationship. We were driving in his car, and I'm like, what is this on the radio? It's like, oh, it's a tape I've got. Yes, a tape, a tape. It's so like it's called Liz Fair. She's Liz Fair. I'm like, oh, I've heard of Liz Fair. Oh, this is better than I expected. And I just, I really got into her work from there. All right. Yeah.
1: Any, um, I mean, this, you're, this is gonna be what you would call your favorite album from her.
0: Probably it's her first album, her first like official studio album. Yeah. Um. And it's got a lot of songs on on it that I really like. And so I would say, yeah, this is probably my favorite album of hers. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's very, it's kind of, it's kind of scraped back and raw. And I actually saw her perform. Um, she went on tour with uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, both doing um, acoustic sets. So I saw her open for the Smashing Pumpkins doing an acoustic set, which was really cool. And the Smashing Pumpkins concert after part after her opening was great too, because it was what it basically they did is they started out with acoustic versions and then they gradually kind of got a little louder, a little louder, and a little louder, a little more electric till they got to the last few songs and they were just like, so like, they ripped ah. off the Talking Heads. Oh, did the Talking Heads do that?
1: Um, if- uh, they did it uh, i i can't speak for their concerts necessarily but in the movie stop making sense mm-hmm. uh the concert movie that John, jonathan Demi did yeah. that's what they did they started out i, I believe it was just david burns starting out with like a boom box that had a pre-recorded drum beat going on and then he, he sang and then they added more musicians for the you know song after song after yeah and that's song.
0: kind of what they did in a way um it overall i it was a very good show very very good show uh, it had been a while since I'd worn earplugs I was glad I had some <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, so first track, what is it?
0: I thought you were going to do the, ex- the our, our disclaimer, you always want to oh, do the disclaimer
1: The disclaimer Disclaimer. Um, For folks, if you're listening to this for the first time, um, we try our best to give honest reviews. But um, we give the types of reviews that if the roles were reversed and we were the artist receiving this criticism, it would be the type of reviews we want to hear. Also, one of us or both of us may have some opinions of this music that you may not like. Mm -hmm. You are right we are right because you know ultimately enjoyment of music is subjective there are yep. some technical uh, aspects that that you can that you can definitively say a person is good or bad on but i think of someone like john lee hooker has a bad voice but look at the legacy he's had lemmy from motorhead horrible voice look at his legacy you know because it's, it's a, there's a lot more to being a good musician than being proficient at your instrument
0: okay Opinions are like assholes, everyone has one. Exactly. And they all they all work.
1: Well, not always. There's constipation or diarrhea.
0: That has nothing to do with your asshole, that's your digestive system.
1: But where does it come out?
0: Through your asshole, but
1: mm-hmm. just someone giving an opinion like a Gatling gun with their butt. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Okay, moving on. <laughs>
1: You're like, what have I gotten into? Damn it. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much. So, this album, it's long. There's a lot of tracks, but they're very short. And there's a couple of them that I'm willing to just skip right over because they're kind of blah. There's like some slow instrumental with like a little bit of a few kind of. It's more like almost spoken word. And spoken word was kind of big at the time. Uh-huh. So, it's kind of like. It's like there's a little bit of a song but most of it was just some guitar strumming and yeah. All right. All right. So the first track, one of the best tracks on the album, in my opinion, uh, six foot one, uh, strong lyrics, very strong lyrics, all about standing strong and being your own woman.
1: Damn right. Yeah. Um, the notes I had, a uh, nice guitar riff opening the song. I appreciated that. Uh, the, the vocals, you're probably going to hit me with this, but I said they were Courtney Love-esque vocals. Um, and the vocal... Liz didn't have the range I like in a singer. Um, you know, a lot of her singing on this album was just more, like, low or high, but at the same type of intensity throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were times, yeah, where she did have some more range, so I know she can, she can sing, but she was going for a certain effect here, which... For me, just... It, 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 put it this way, it, it, I mean, it was not my cup of tea that doesn't make it bad, but I did not enjoy it. Um, one thing I did like about the song was the solid, simple, and effective bass.
0: Yeah, yeah. that That's a theme throughout, is there's a lot of real simple music going on, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. It's extremely effective. Um, track two is called Help Me Marry, and... I don't know what it is about this song, but I really like this one as well. It's just very, very singalongable. Singalongable?
1: Words. words. Yeah.
0: They're difficult. Who needs your stinking words?
1: Um, yeah, it's one fifty-one as we record this, so you know.
0: Yeah, you know. It's it's. We'll just yeah.
1: come up with whatever we can, and you're gonna fucking deal with it, people.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Help
1: me, Mary. Help me, Mary. The notes I had, the vocals to me were uninspired. Uh, she comes off as not really wanting to be bothered to sing more than just the way she was, which just sounded she sounded bored more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, solid pop punk guitars in the song, dug yeah. those, but I love um, those. at the end of the day, it just did not click with me. Um, and, and again, to be clear about her vocals, I stand by my comments, but that's just my opinion. You know, um, yep. just because I did not like her delivery um, doesn't mean it's the wrong delivery. Just ultimately not the song for me.
0: All right. Track three is Glory. And it's one of these ones that I was just kind of like, Uh but, you know, mo- the thing is with this album is I really like it as a whole, but there are definitely some songs on here that I'm just kind of like skip, skip
1: i dug the acoustic opening of the song mm-hmm. you know that's really the only thing that that, that kind of stuck out um, the vocals again i you know i'm not gonna you know press that point too hard because you know i i can say that for a, a number of tracks going forward here but um you know again the acoustic opening was actually pretty good
0: righty, track four dance of the seven veils I don't have anything written down for this and i've you know i've listened to this album i don't even know how many times but because of the fact that i usually just listen to it Mm. and i don't sit and i look at each track as it goes by i couldn't tell you how this song goes right off the top of my head Even though if i heard it i could probably sing along with it
1: uh well i mean i can tell you my notes um i i said that she finally has some range in her vocals she Mm. does something different than Uh, just the mumbling Um, I put Nirvana S guitars what I mean by that is it seems like all throughout this album and it was a common thing in the 90s what I think they did is um, you know with electric guitars tune the speakers like all the way up but then have the guitar player play as soft as they can so you're still gonna get loud uh, loud noise and it will sonically be loud if you put headphones on but it's being played as if it were on like a soft acoustic guitar
0: I don't know if it's that or if it's just that a lot of these folks were self-taught and they didn't necessarily know how to play their instruments very well plus they were recording a lot of this stuff kind of at home with like little like four track recorders it's you know you feed in each thing and so yeah there there was a lot of at this time there was a lot of the music sonically was very experimental in a way because people were just sort of like it was a weird time in history because the Gulf War had just kind of happened. It, it ended in, I think, ninety-two or ninety-three. It was, but it was going on from like nineteen ninety. I think it was ninety to ninety-two. I know I was in high school, yeah, um, when it was happening, and the, a lot of my friends were just about to turn eighteen, and we we're all kind of freaking out, like, what if they restart the draft? Because there hadn't really been a giant, giant war since Vietnam and they drafted people in Vietnam. So yeah. there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have the internet. So a lot of people were just passing tapes around and just recording what they could when they could. And you know, that's what that's where this came from. It's kind of giving you I'm giving you some history to the listeners. I'm giving the listeners some history in case that they were cuz the thing is is people in their 20s now they were born around this time so they don't know what was going on musically.
1: And yeah. I so. I know one thing I had to keep reminding myself while listening to this was a lot of my reactions was that it sounded stereotypical when in fact this is probably one of the albums that was establishing what that stereotypical <sighs> Yeah, like cuz
0: this came out in 1990. So this is 93. Was... 93?
1: 93. Uh-huh.
0: think this was earlier than that let me look anyway but yeah i mean this is one of the founders of the 90s sound yeah specifically
1: yeah um yeah and i was just glad that you know she had a little more oomph in her performance uh more more than anything okay you're
0: right it is 1993 i was mistaken
1: what was that no i'm kidding well (laughs) she was
0: she was Doing some musical stuff before this This was our first studio album Like we said So I'll probably just yeah. have, it, have dates in my mind mixed up No big deal, I'm just old So yeah um, Track five All
1: right.
0: Never said um, I like this one because The lyrics make me think of Sort of like Sort of arguments you have With people I never said this, I never said that I never promised this. I never promised that kind of thing. Um, that's what I I dug about the song is the lyrics. Um,
1: I wrote. It's, it sounded like your typical stereoty- like '90s pop rock uh, mm-hmm. type song, um, which is not an insult. Um, I wouldn't call this the greatest song in the world or anything like that. Of course, but it just it had a nice groove to it, which I enjoyed. Uh, the vocals again just didn't do it for me. I did enjoy the harmonies. And the guitar work was pretty solid. I mean, it, you know, I, my favorite instrument uh, when it comes to pop popular music is going to be the guitar mm-hmm. um, more than anything else. So when it when it impresses me, that says something.
0: Yeah. Um, track six is called "Soap Star Joe," and this one, it you know, the guitars are solid, the bass is solid. It's it's the lyrics that really get me on this one too, because it's. It's basically talking about, like, typical guy. You know, he's just a hero in a long line of heroes, et cetera, et cetera. Just how you, how there's certain types of guys you always meet. And Soapstar Joe, that's one of those typical guys.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, a lot of Liz Fair's music is about relationships and problems with men and things of that nature which is very identifiable for most people, especially you, know, you remember what you felt like in your 20s. Yeah. You know, you're going around and, and sleeping around and doing stuff. And,
1: and it's not like the, you know there are guy musicians that don't do that. There are plenty of guys oh, that yeah. do that. But one thing that's always made me feel icky more than anything is how you will have focus on songs like He's So Vain or You Oughta Know and you know they're questioning Alanis Morissette and Carly Simon you know the, the, the creators of those songs in particular for years about the identity of you know whose subject of the song is whereas a guy does the same thing Oh, you're you're bad mouthing your ex. Great, high five. And yet, with the women, they're constantly getting grilled. Now, um, you know, I think they've both turned it into something that you know is somewhat of a positive for them. But it's Mm -hmm. it's weird that dynamic that women get grilled on. Who is this? Who is this? Whereas guys, it's 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 just you know, guys being guys. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and the thing is with with her songs too. um, I don't think they ever really. They never, they, at least for me, but then again, I, for you're so vain and you ought to know, I never really cared who the guy was. I was just like identifying with the fact that, yeah, most of us have had like a guy in our life that, or a girl for that matter, someone in our life that screwed us over in some way. And we just were really pissed off and had something to say about it. And some of, some of us were lucky enough to have the talent to put it into a song
1: Yeah. So, uh, the song in particular, uh, the notes I had is that it sounded like a Rolling Stones song, which, uh, when I did some research, was found out not a coincidence because, uh, apparently, when she created this album, um, her goal was to have uh, essentially her answer to the Rolling Stones album, Exile on Main Street. And oh, and each track is essentially yeah. kind of like a mirror to the songs that are on Exile and Main Street. So her kind of answer to I remember to that.
0: reading something about that now that you mention it.
1: Yeah. Um, the vocals are better. Guitar work was solid. But um, this is where I started to notice that the guitar work was kind of sounding similar in each song. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I did dig the harmonica.
0: Okay. So the next two tracks, Explain It To Me and Canary, are two of those where I just didn't have much to say about either of them, and there's so many tracks on this album, and so much that's coming up that's better that I'm just happy to just say okay and go on right on into track nine. Are you okay with that?
1: Um, I can just give some basic thoughts here. Okay. Um, explain it to me, it sounded it opened up, it sounded like a 70s Linda Ronstadt song. Um, vocal, meh, uh, guitar work. Th- 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 the thing with I, I noticed with this was that if the guitar work was going to be as simple as it was, why didn't she do an acoustic album? Why does she need, you know, an electric guitar to be able to do this? I think she'd be able to still have the you know intensity while still having an acoustic guitar. Um, so there's that. Um, also, explain it to me. Had some velvet underground inspired drums. The drumming, especially near the end of the song, reminded me of the song "Heroin." Mm-hmm. Um, for canary um, I expected Richard Marx to start singing at the <laughs> opening it it just sounded like a adult contemporary, and I just eh, wasn't for me, so yeah Mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. The next track.
0: um there's something about this song i just I don't know i it just it 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 flows right through your ears just in the right way for me at least it's hard to I, the, the way that I process music is hard to explain sometimes because I, I feel it so viscerally sometimes that it's hard to put it into words. And some of these songs just really hit that little that little switch. And I'm just like, I can't explain why I like it so much. I just do.
1: Yeah, I so, mean, <laughs> that's me around Taylor Swift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, for
1: mesmerizing it just sounded more it's more 90s and it was just eh, i've heard this before millions of other times um the vocal bit where she goes i i i i I like it i dug that um that was pretty inspired um halfway decent guitar solo uh the guitar solo again it had a a rolling stones feel to it because this kind of feels like um kind of like a Taylor, ron wood type of guitar solo um and yeah Yep. which I think this is kind of telling me where we're going to go for the next album
0: okay so. track 10 fucking run
1: never been there
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of the best songs on the album in my opinion if not the best What? it's, it's just it's describing the night, the day after a one night stand and she's kind of like okay this is weird but I thought it was going to be different this time, but oh shit, it's not different this time. He's going to fucking run. Because he's got stuff to do. I got work to do. I got things I got to go do, babe. I got to go. See you later. Never calls again. Been there. Not fun. Yep. Especially, it, it, it's one of those kind of things where it's like you're catching feelings and they're not. And you're just like, what do we just do? Oh, There's like so many different ways you can interpret this, but basically, if you've had a one night stand, I think you can identify with fucking run.
1: You know, I, I I get what you're saying there. I mean, because I've certainly been there. Having said that, it it also does, you know, for g- generally speaking, not not about this song in particular, but generally, <laughs> you know, you would want to, you know, cross fingers, have enough of a sense of being able to have that conversation of you know let's just do this and that's
0: it but you also got to think about the time that this was written yeah this was pre-internet dating this was when you would just pick up somebody at a bar
1: oh i never would have dated oh my god
0: yeah and that's the thing is that i'm thinking back and i'm just like you know i started using the internet in 1994 and i'm thinking before that i was like yeah I didn't do much dating before the internet. Oh, my God. It was, yeah, there was a lot of, like, in-person just weirdness. And, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So when you think about it in terms of, like, yeah, this was before Tinder, because, you know, when you, like, if you're using internet dating, it's pretty easy to just be, like, okay, so what are you looking for in a relationship? Just looking for like friends with benefits, casual stuff. Okay. You're looking for more than that. Okay. You got it all figured out.
1: Yeah, and four, and, and everybody's happy with that. Um,
0: usually. Uh, usually. What, what, what then gets you and then makes you want to identify with fucking run are the people who ghost you. And ghosting is bad. Don't do it. Ghosting's bad. Just if you don't want to see someone again, or you had like just awful sex, you just don't want anything to do with me Just say. I had fun. It's just not working for me. It just didn't click. Whatever.
1: Mm, I mean, ghosting is bad, yes, but... Ghosting
0: I, I... should be used only in, like, a desperate last-ditch situation. Like, you tell somebody you're not interested, and they just keep talking to you, talking to you, talking to you, talking you. Then you just, like, okay.
1: But or,
0: if, or if it was unsafe.
1: But it's like if you had a date and there was, like, no chemistry on the date, nothing physical. I mean, you know, I, sorry, I'm not going to call or anything like that. Really? Yeah. But. We're talking one, it's, it was, you know, we we enjoyed ourselves at that time. We went out and did something, but that was about the height of the enjoyment.
0: Yeah, so then if, if you've said, at least at the end of the date, if you say anything about, like, oh yeah, I'll call you again, Uh, I'll text you, blah, 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 that sort of thing, then you'd better at least text him and say, yeah, it was fine, but I'm not interested in seeing you again, I don't know, I've been ghosted too many times, I think it's a cowardly thing to do, I think at the end of the date, you know, you, you part ways, and then, you know, afterwards when you get home, if you, like, think about it, and you're like, yeah, I don't think I want to see him again, then you tell them, you just say, I'm just not interested in seeing you again, I'm sorry. There wasn't enough of a spark for me yeah just be honest because i'd rather that someone be honest with me than me be wondering like well, what did i do wrong are they gonna call are they gonna call are they gonna call what's going on what's going on or if you've been talking to someone for like three or four weeks on whatever app and it's like (laughs) like then suddenly they disappear you're just like what the hell where did why I did go? I, I was a
1: CIA operative.
0: Yeah, <laughs> why did I waste my time? Are they dead? Did they go into the witness protection plan? That sort of thing. Anyway. Yeah. Back to the song.
1: <laughs> um, I wrote, meh, didn't work for me. More uninspired mumbling. And who thought of using sleigh bells in the song?
0: Yeah, the, the bells were a little weird.
1: Yeah, it's just like, the fuck? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, girls, girls, girls. (laughs) I thought she
1: was going to cover a cruise song here.
0: Girls, girls, girls. No, that would have been amusing, though. I like this one, too. (laughs) This is a good song. But, yeah. (laughs) I'm still, like, hung up on this ghosting thing. I can't believe that you think these ghosting's okay to do. Again,
1: we're talking in limited situations. You have one uncomfortable bad date. I don't think it's the end of the world if people part of the date and don't speak again. You know, I'm not talking about dating someone for 6 months and then disappearing or anything like that. That's an asshole move, but like it's a big w- asshole move. Yeah, I mean like one date. I don't owe them anything. They don't owe me anything. What does it matter if one date that didn't go well, you know, you don't speak to that person again? Cuz cuz again, I mean, we're If it's go-
0: one date, that's one thing. But if there had been, like, a lot of conversations and things and just all this stuff leading up to that one date and then you disappear.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you take the time to get to know somebody and give the impression that you're there there for more than what you really want and then you disappear... Again, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I'm talking that if you know you didn't do much chatting, and it's a person that says that says "Eh, I don't want to text too much. Let's just meet up at this place and see what happens. You meet up, and then it's uncomfortable. I mean, it's not even uncomfortable. Just like there's no chemistry, tough to talk, have a conversation. If you part ways and don't talk to each other, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, see,
0: that's the thing is like if somebody like doesn't want to text much. Or just doesn't want to talk at all beforehand. I'm like, well, then what is getting together going to do? Because if you don't want to talk to me on a phone or a computer, mm. are you really going to be that much of a conversationalist in person? Isn't that just going to be a waste of my time to begin with?
1: Yeah, because if, I mean, every introverted person has come to love text messaging. And a and, and shy person, it's, anybody dealing with anxiety, loves text messaging because you can have those you know conversations that you know with a person that you just met that you might not be able to have if you meet up with them in the bar or yeah. something like that. You know you can get those deeper conversations, but you know again I'm not talking for every single situation that that I, you know I would ghost. I would not do that. But yeah. again, if it's like one date, there's no expectations of it being anything more than just one date, and that one date doesn't go that well. Sorry, I don't have a problem with. Not talking it. Yeah. I don't think that's the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Usually though, if if I know the date hasn't gone well, I'll just tell them like right after the date, like I don't think like we, I don't think there's enough chemistry here to make this work, something to that effect. Or I'll text them as soon as I get home, like hey, I got home safe, by the way. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm I hope
1: just, you didn't make it back, bitch. <laughs> no, I'm
0: just thinking. I'm thinking to this one guy that I went on uh, two dates with. That where at the end of the second date, I was like, "Okay, there's not enough chemistry here because, and yet we're here. <laughs> no, 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 not you. Um, no, at the end of the second date, I'm like, there's not enough physical chemistry. plus the guy would not let me get a word in it twice. He was just talk well, that's talk, rude talk, and... talk. Oh, yeah, get my
1: joke, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,, Okay. yeah,
0: <laughs> Go ahead. So anyway, I tell him, I'm like, he for one he tries to go in to kiss me and i'm just like no not interested in the kiss and i i just tell him like you know i'm sorry i don't think there's enough chemistry here this isn't really working for me and he then proceeded to try and and argue as to why we should continue to go out he wanted to argue me into going on another date with him and i'm just like i'm just like i literally i was just dumbfounded i'm like no, I don't think you're getting what I'm saying. And I explained myself again, and he just was like, "No, no, no, blah, blah, blah." But I really like you and I and I think you're really hot and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, "Well, thank you, but
1: I know, but you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that." And then then I finally literally I've never done this to anybody before. I literally threw my hands up in the air and said, "Whatever, it's not going to work. I don't want to see you again." I turned around, I got into my car, and I drove away. I just was like I had been polite I had been nice and he just wasn't getting it and he was trying to argue with me as to why he was a good catch and I'm just like I don't care that you like have a good job and you own a home and all that sort of stuff that's great but you're you're just a pain in the ass sounds
1: like the type of guy that would you know but I'm a nice guy without he's, realizing no,
0: no what he is is he's one of those not all men kind of guys <laughs> yeah that's what he was oh anyway Uh, all right okay so um
1: the next uh, girls 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 i wrote that this was the what i would call the worst song in the album um every critique i've had so far was essentially magnified in this particular song okay Um, this is kind of like the petri dish of what
0: i did not like in the song but next song divorce song track 12 (laughs) i love this song too it's the song of the bad road trip because yeah oh my gosh so much truth saying in this song uh oh i love this song so much just the lyrics alone it's like you know just basically two people who at one time loved each other and now they can't really stand each other but they're trying to get through this I don't even know why they're on a road trip together if they hate each other so much, but, oh my gosh. This song. This song, oh. If you haven't heard, if you listen to any track on this album, this song should be it. It's just, it's so awkward and painful and relatable. Oh, this song! I love this song.
1: I put that it was too lyric-heavy, which, if you're not a fan of the vocals, is going to you know b- bring it down some notches for you right out of the gate um, I did dig the harmonica solo mm-hmm. I really enjoyed
0: that the harmonica was very good mm-hmm. so go listen to this song
1: bitches, bitches do
0: it now no you're not bitches listeners I don't think you're bitches okay track 13 is called Shatter and it's all about regrets about men like a lot of this album is it's regrets I've had a few
1: But then again, Two Feet Dimension?
0: I did it my way. Yeah. I just... That's pretty much... you love Sinatra.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I like that song.
0: I like that song. It's a a good song.
1: Um, For Shatter, I put that the opening, to me, felt like it was longer than the whole song itself. (laughs) <laughs> um the music just sounds so inspired though though again this is where I, I did officially put in the notes that i'm listening to it with my 2020 years and not 1993 <laughs> not years um, yeah. and what i mean by that is this i mean to to what you talked about i mean recording methods are different today than what they were oh
0: yeah they are so different today
1: yeah so um you know listening to a track from that era today you can hear it it's datedness so you know kind of understanding what it sounded like in that particular time it can be kind of hard um i did say why spend two and a half minutes opening the song with what we got Uh, the vocals again were monotonous the bass was too prominent in the song for my taste which it didn't have much to do so why was it featured so prominently in the audio mix you know again if you're going to have an instrument be featured that prominently it has to be doing something more than boom,
0: boom boom
1: boom you know just just simple bass stuff you know yeah
0: yeah all right track 14 is called flower it's dirty it's all about her vagina and how she's going to going to use it to make you feel good all right
1: i like when that happens
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know it's about vaginas. And it's the name Flower. My favorite topic. Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> some people are like, ew, God, no. <laughs> um, I put, at least they tried something different. Vocals just... <laughs>
0: it, it's, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of an odd song. I mean, because you've got this kind of... You've got these, like, lady high voices singing... Every time I see your face i get all wet between my legs and then you've got liz fair in an undertone basically muttering all this stuff about like naughty it's like naughty a demented things
1: demented sesame street episode kind of <laughs> yeah it's like a very dirty get some puppets yeah know. it
0: gets oh you throw some puppets you've got like a sequel to avenue q right there
1: there you yeah. go <laughs> all right the next track
0: the next track is called johnny sunshine i like johnny sunshine I'm starting to get worn out. This, this is a very long album. It's yeah. very long, but very short at the same time. The whole album only kicks in at maybe 55 minutes, but we're talking 18 songs. It's a lot of friggin' tracks, yeah. which is why I was willing to skip some of these. <laughs> but yeah, Johnny Sunshine. Um, yeah, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Sorry.
1: I put it was a sonic soundscape that I don't want to swim in. She's okay. maybe trying to emulate the B-52s vocally, which...
0: Mm, yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah, and uh, th- th- which, you know, to be clear, is not a knock on the B-52s. I mean, that's, I, I love that band. Mm. Um, but because some people only associate the B-52s with uh, Love Shack, and there is a lot mm. more to that band There's than a lot just, more to
0: that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's Rock Lobster, too.
1: Rock Lobster. <laughs> my God, love that song. <laughs> Oh, that's... I got to sing that in karaoke one day. That That is my life. Skill. Rock Lobster! Love, yeah. We were at a party. An earlobe fell in the deep. Someone reached in and grabbed it. It was a rock lobster!
0: Woo! <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, Next, uh... we Losing Our Minds. Track 16 is Gun Shy and... Ugh. They do. She does some really interesting things with the guitar, these kind of watery sounds with the guitar. But overall, I'm not a very big fan of this track. It was another
1: too melancholy uh, for me song. Um, vocals were just a drone. I, you know, yeah. just it. You have to be into that type of performance, and if if you're not into it, doesn't matter how great the rest of the music is. It's it's I'm gonna bring it down, unfortunately. So yeah i wasn't a fan
0: just this there's some tracks on here that are just kind of more experimental than others and this is one of them yeah yeah so track 17 stratford on guy um, at least the
1: intensity picked up
0: yeah picked up the intensity uh i enjoy this song um i'm just yeah <laughs> Ugh, i'm just tired <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I mean it's technically proficient um I mean th- th- this is when I listened to this album this is the first I heard of it even though it came out in 93 yeah. so I am, am unfortunately listening to it with 2020 20 ears
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it does sound clichéd in a lot of ways yeah. um which again I fully admit is just based on you know my percept blah 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 but um you know the intent, picking up the intensity was great but just I, I guess this was one of her minor hits on the album. Um, mm-hmm. There was a video for it on MTV. Really? Probably on 120 minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that video.
1: Alright, the last
0: track. The last track's called Strange Loop. That's what my brain's going in right now. Strange Loop.
1: <laughs> What'd you think about it?
0: Um, I put Yes next to it, which I, I basically because, like I said, I've, I've listened to this album many times, but it's hard for me to pick out individual tracks in a way so like with the ones i really liked i put yes in all caps next to it and then i put a little yes next to the ones i like less
1: so
0: this is a little yes
1: okay this is a full-on no for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, at this point same critiques yeah um you know if she ever hears this show it's not a personal knock um, miss or mrs fair I don't know if she's married or not but she was
0: married at one point I don't think she's married now
1: well Liz Fair if you are listening here not a personal shot I am not personally a fan but I wish you the absolute best you are making a living in the entertainment business not many people can say that so doesn't matter whether I like the music or not you're doing something good
0: yep yep pretty much right. that and with that We are at the end of the album.
1: Now, I was thinking as we were going through the description here, because of the fact that the Rolling Stones' um, Exile on Main Street influenced this album, Mm -hmm. I thought, why not kind of bookend this? Okay. And next week, review Exile on Main Street.
0: More Rolling Stones.
1: We only did Rolling Stones in the very first episode, and that's been a few months now. Yeah, so I
0: guess it's been a few months so I can handle some more. You sound so
1: excited.
0: Well, it's just...
1: Well, think of it like this. The reason I want to do this is because of the fact that she d- modeled this album off of Exxon and Street, so I think it would be a good way to kind of listen to both okay. and see where, you know, where yeah, she went. Yeah, I
0: see where you're going with that. It's just that the Rolling Stones are not my favorite band. And it's, I mean,
1: Liz Fair, Morrissey are not my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we yeah. went through it.
0: I, so. I think it's yeah. I think it, with it's the just Rolling the Stones, anticipation. Yeah. The, the Rolling Stones. It's um, it's the machismo that I just can't deal with very well.
1: You may enjoy this uh Excel on Main Street a little bit more, because um, I mean, I can. I'll go into it in more detail because I know a lot about this yeah. album. But um, this is more of their you know this is in the late 70s came after sticky fingers um this album is considered their very best album i wouldn't necessarily agree um but in terms of their ability as musicians that was the tightest that group ever was
0: okay well if it's to be considered one of their very best albums then it's probably going to be at least okay in my opinion so
1: yeah and there there are plenty of their um plenty of their iconic songs are on this album like tumbling dice
0: I don't think I've ever heard that song. I probably uh, have. I probably, yeah. once I hear it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I've heard this song. Yeah, I, but... I,
1: I can almost guarantee you have. But, um, yeah, that will be on our show next right. week. Well, I
0: will give it my, my best shot. The
1: old college try. The
0: old college try.
1: Yeah, and while we're waiting for a new episode of Friends Talking Nerdy, we'll be watching some Marble Races.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll watch some more Marble Races. Yeah. Those are so weird, but so... <laughs>
1: yeah for folks that didn't watch that don't watch uh last week tonight uh john oliver was talking about um sp- uh, how sporting events are being affected by coronavirus and one thing he brought up is that espn um in need of content started showing this youtube channel called gels marble races and they have um they they, they, they call it so the marble Really,
0: but it's so funny. Fun to watch. They call it the
1: Marble Olympics. Um, yeah. They changed it now to the Marble League uh, for the new uh, season that the uh, last week tonight will officially sponsor. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's treated like the Olympic Games. Like they have an archery event with the marbles. They have um, like like long distance jumping. <laughs> they have
0: basically he's launching literal marbles down these different raceway type things and timing them and he's named all the teams the teams they're marbles they don't have faces or anything but he knows each individual name of each marble and it's Um, it's strangely fascinating to watch it's
1: presented like an actual sporting show too because it's been on for a few years now so there will be like um like we saw like one race they had a couple that it was the barrel pushing reins. yeah (laughs) the the, where they broke the world record
0: yeah (laughs) broke the world record and then like then they'll show the audience which is marbles and like at one point they were they were so excited about the win they had the marble storm the track
1: one marble from the one marble fan jumped <laughs> off the track and then tried to do something and then security let him off yeah. um, they have an opening uh, ceremony and a closing ceremony like in the olympics so
0: was it was that marble streaking you think i
1: don't know <laughs> i don't No, i think they, it, they, it was implied that he was trying to go after one of the other teams oh because basically what the guy did is bought like like for the the orange marbles the o-rangers is what he called that team
0: and the mellow yellow and the lime limeys or something like that yeah
1: he bought like like a he probably bought like a bag of all similar looking marbles and then you know put those in a crowd and apparently it's it's a dutch guy uh, um that is autistic that started doing that Um, and just the sheer amount of detail. And um, there was an American guy that was watching that really enjoyed it, and he ultimately became the uh, announcer uh, for it. But, you know, just... It's
0: just so strange, but so addicting and fun to watch.
1: It is because, I mean, at the end of the day, me personally, I don't watch, you know, sporting events. Apart from pro wrestling, I'm just not a fan of guys making $100 million dollars you know doing what they do and just being yeah. horrible human beings throughout yeah but i'm that, not
0: a big fan of sports either i mean i'll but, watch them if they're on but, I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of
1: professional sports but yeah. i'm still a fan of competition it's fun to see games played and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you know this this kind of satisfies it while still being entertaining while being unique and you very
0: know, family friendly
1: very family friendly as well just something that you know like um like if you were at like a family gathering or something like that you put that on the computer the kids can watch it the adults can watch it oh yeah everybody's cheering you can have i
0: totally see my family watching that
1: well think about the betting opportunities too. Oh, yeah i mean like like before the event starts you can like have bets with family members like i think the rangers are going to win this event and you know <laughs> oh marbula one racing i forgot that they have that too um, there's like this big track it starts up at top and the marbles kind of like loop around and they go to the very bottom and then there's like a little p- pulley that will pull the marbles up to the start of the track again so he treats it like a Formula One race
0: oh gosh
1: it's 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 fascinating what, what they were able to do so um, I'm glad people discovered something unique like that and I hope that unlike the olympics to where people think that they're going to be fans of swimming or or curling for the rest of their lives but only pay attention to it when the olympics are around hopefully people will continue to support this channel um again gels marble racing j-e-l-l-e apostrophe S -S marble racing check them out on youtube not gonna hurt you it's fun it's great it's you know, it's it's something else to do in these times that don't involve watching reruns of old TV shows.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. Or here's another idea of things if you really need to watch sporting events or competitions. And you, you Google just Google like Japanese game shows. They have some really really weird game shows. They're like the one that I told. I did I tell you about Slippery Steps? Yeah. Yeah, Slippery Steps when the guys are. Wearing like full safety gear and coated in lube and trying to climb up a pair, they're all competing to get up some stairs and all this. It's just, it's just nuts. And it cracks me up every goddamn time I watch it. So you can't really go wrong with something yeah. that cracks you up, even when, though you know what's going to happen, but it cracks you up. Oh,
1: that reminds me too about Pluto TV, the American Gladiators channel.
0: Oh, that's right! All of the classic original American Gladiators, '80s American Gladiators. Uh, Because oh my gosh, the graphics alone! (laughs) The
1: graphics, the music—I mean, it was the perfect blending of sport and entertainment together. They create these silly games that nobody plays outside, you know, in in real life. But you know, in that setting. It makes perfect sense. And then all it's the gladiators
0: have those crazy names, it's like Starfire. Zap and Zap. Starfire, and oh God, Apollo, <laughs> and oh. oh,
1: the drugs that were done in the eighties. Oh,
0: I know that was like definitely the result of some crazy cocaine fueled um, meeting.
1: Oh, that reminds me another episode of dark side of the ring uh the herb abrams episode he was a guy who started um a a wrestling organization called the universal wrestling federation um he wanted to put vince mcmahon out of business but he never even had the faintest hope of doing that but the reason i bring that up is that the last thing he ever did before getting a heart attack and dying was chasing after the police naked in cowboy boots high in cocaine
0: Driving that train, high on cocaine. Yeah,
1: he wasn't Casey Jones.
0: Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. And another
1: episode of Dark Side of the Ring, this past Tuesday, they finally debuted um, The Last Days of Owen Hart. Ah. That was... If you didn't hate Vince McMahon before this, you're going to hate him now. I mean, and that's... and. The, Because Martha in her home has a collection of all the legal stuff she had to keep. A part of that collection of the legal stuff is the actual clip that was used on the day that Owen Hart fell to his death. And it was like a a clip that never, ever, ever should have been used for something like that. Because repelling, you want a locking carabiner. You know, and what they did is they got a sailboat clip that is was meant to release something <laughs> really fast. And they, they also had some police photos from the crime scene, and one that was really, really chilling was the police photo in the rafters looking down over the ring and just seeing that that was his last the last thing he ever saw and just it's the most harrowing hour of i mean that that show i i can't recommend that show enough whether you like wrestling or not it's factual they're telling the truth here but they are telling some really powerful stories and um you know just showing that i mean vince mcmahon has done a lot of horrible things over the years just a lot of horrible things and you know he's responsible for multiple deaths
0: yep yes you know okay and on that note have a great week (laughs) all right yeah we will (laughs) see you i think we've rambled enough
1: yeah uh it's late yeah so we will uh see you all next week thank you for tuning in folks and thank you and
0: remember It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling, the feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will, too. You always make each day such a special day. You know how, by just your being you. Only one person in the whole world like you. That's you yourself. I'll be back next time, bye-bye. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.